It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Boy, oh boy, 4 o'clock hours here. Scrub that last hour. Do not podcast that one. Adam Candy, very dangerous individual, going to break. Talking about Susie Colbert's eyes. Well, he was actually relaying an old story from... I'd never heard that story before that Gary Thorne got uh, all fired up and was raving about a future partner broadcaster's eyes at the beginning of her career. Gar, chill, bro. Chill. Hey, uh, that was, that was not a comfortable, not a comfortable moment at the age of like 15. One of those groans. Candy's like, this is what it's like when you get old and you just you just think a lot of you stuff about women. You say that? Yeah, about, you know what? Let's keep that real low and have it in a, a, a small conversation with the rest of the fellas. Let's not do that on TV. Demon is here. He's running the show. ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, let's get right to it. I don't have any segues, but I'm very excited to get to the first story, so let's do it. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four. Number four. I will tell you, Candy, when I was a teenager... One of my favorite reads all the time was Phil Mushnick of the New York Post. And I was like, man, and this is back, say, like 1985. I'm like, man, this 74-year-old guy, he really is angry at the sports world. And then I realized he was like 38. And guess what? He's still going. He is very... First of all, he's very offended by hip-hop, and he's going on 35 years of being offended. His latest story, he starts it out by saying, devastating news, Lizzo, the dangerously obese female rapper. Like, all right, let's shots fired. Shots fired. Right out of the gates. Well, the story is about apparently Lizzo has been taken off a possibility list of folks who could do the Super Bowl halftime uh, the headline in this is Lizzo should be uh, should only be the first of vulgar rappers dropped from Super Bowl halftime consideration. He says uh, after calling her fat that uh, she checks most of the genre's requisite boxes from vulgar N-word lyrics to sexually explicit dumpster scooped rhyming. Reportedly has been removed from playing at the halftime of the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I'm adding that in. So there you go. Lizzo is out. And as Mushnick probably wanted to say, get all these MFers and their filthy lyrics out of here. But I'm guessing he doesn't curse. Too much? He's very celebratory about Lizzo being gone. I like Lizzo. She's very entertaining. We're, we're probably not getting to the point where we're talking about why Lizzo was scrubbed from the list, which might potentially have to do with sexual harassment and bad nothing language. to do no, bad language. with lyrics. It's just bad language bad and language. hip-hop lyrics. Was that, it? was that it? Yeah, that was yeah. it. Oh, God. I wonder, I wonder if there are any other common threads with the people that uh, Phil doesn't like. I'm really, really kind of drawing a blank here. Well, mm. he, uh, he actually didn't like Rihanna. Because apparently Rihanna mm. was uh, around her crotch too much and was, I don't know, doing something with her fingers. And He did. He mentioned it in there, so he was offended by that, too. Yeah. I'm telling yeah, you, folks, he he is. Uh-huh. Oh, he yeah. was actually way ahead of his time. Like I said, when he was in his 30s, he was a shake your fist at the sun guy. You know what? That actually isn't ahead of your time. 
there's there's always an era that is shaking the fist at the sun and is offended by everything around them in current times. And Phil is one of them, so Lizzo is out. Wait until he sees the rest of the list. Like, the Jonas Brothers are on there. Um, I mean, are they, you know, dropping Phil left and right? But they do, they do, they do cuss a little bit. They they're disgust eat, me. They're eating cake the by Jonas the ocean. Brothers disgust me. Ugh. He might he might get offended Worst. with that too. Dumpster scoopers. Mm. Duman, would you like to speak up in, on behalf of? Uh, the you Jonas know, I'm not Brothers. even gonna say anything about Lizzo's bill, Every but I, artist- I support her because that that's you know what she's good. She's good. She can dance. She's got energy. She's good. Now I don't know about the I don't know about all the story yet because it's not done with the harassment and the bullying. I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment. Every artist has got some weird story out there about him. I mean, come on. Every, I, didn't, well, those, I, I didn't say that. I'm not I'm not pouring cold water on the claims by Lizzo's former assistants. But I don't think that's stopping her. I just don't think she has the catalog to perform Ooh. at the Super Bowl. She's got one good album. She basically bursted onto the scene, what, maybe three years ago? I think oh, the, the Super Bowl halftime show, you need a catalog. You need to be a household yeah, li- name, and I don't think she's there, there yeah. yet. It's candy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Demond. No one can match the discography of Katy Perry by the time that she got to the stage <laughs> oh, with buddy, the shark go, and oh. right shark. <laughs> Katy Perry's got hits, buddy. So does Lizzo. But what I'm saying is, you're, you're talking about you're talking about like it has to be the Rolling Stones when you're talking about Katy Perry getting up there. With, name three Lizzo with the songs. Sharks. Stop. Name three Lizzo songs. You can't. That's the argument, is that I can't name three songs. After, like, the three... You're performing name, for 30 name, minutes. You know what? Name me seven Katy Perry songs, because that's how long Boy, it takes to do the halftime the show. I feel like this is a uh, <laughs> off-the-air. Watch us during the break. I'll turn the sound on during the break. Uh, yeah. Number number one Katy Perry stand, Demond, is going to stand up right now and defend her halftime show. All right, give me... Give me a couple of because um, again we're not we're not doing Phil Mushnick acts you know who are in their seventies that's not going to happen unless it was a tribute which I actually I actually believe for Vegas we should have a couple of old time crooners I'm not exactly but we I'd love that Paul Anka right our our guy Willie his uncle that would be freaking awesome as an homage paying homage to the old school Vegas but uh, give me a couple of current artists who have you know have been around for a while because we went over this like four or five months ago who should it be because we I will tell you. The SO, my lady friend who I live with, significant other, she she's like so into who's going to get this gig. You want me to just give you two names? She from the get-go, she wants because I think there's a risk there, she wants that to be Britney Spears' comeback. Not happening. Why not? Unpredictability factor? Yeah, that's okay. I, I don't know. I don't think Britney's got it anymore. I said it. I, I would be worried she wouldn't show up. As sad as that is, yeah, like, that's a problem. I, I don't know that you feel confident Britney's going to make it to the show. The uh, other rumor she's floating in my house um, is the possibility of Harry Styles. Only if it's a One Direction. Only if they come back together. I think you can make that make that happen. They do they do a couple of songs and then he's out there as a solo artist with some other guest. I will tell you this, though. If you think Phil Mushnick was mad about Lizzo when Harry Styles gets up and he's wearing dresses, as he often does, whoo, mama. And he finds out what watermelon sugar is all about. That'll be crazy. Candy is 
sitting in there, as Gary Thorne would say, in stunned disbelief. Exactly. Number three. Number three. On, Harry Styles, man. Harry Styles. Um, let's stay on the theme of shake the fist at the sun. I Tell me if I overreacted to this. Like, I just played... We just played some bites last hour where uh, some website that likes to do gotcha stuff on broadcasters was offended. Creepy, creepy. Um, I don't know. I watched this, and I just... I immediately got annoyed. Here's Dan Patrick with Dan Marino uh, talking about the old days and today. How many touchdowns do you think you could throw in today's game? At, you know, let's say you're 23 years of age. 60. Do you really? You asked me this question last year. Yeah, you? and I want to know if it's the yeah, same it's, answer. Yeah, it's 62. I love that. Dan Marino's like, we're going to do this again? Like, basically, like, this was lame last year. You're asking me again? I like Dan Patrick, but I think he clearly he forgot that he had asked the question before. Do we have to do stuff like this, Candy? Do we have to talk about today's game and how easy it is and how great the old-timers would be today? When we really know it's, well, it's, 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 it's mostly the exact opposite. I think Marino would be just fine today, but that being said, Dan Patrick has definitely reached the in-my-day age for sure and is giving us that treatment of Marino. So I, I don't look. I don't know if you want to get upset at the producer feeding him the question. I don't know if you want to get upset at Patrick for, for asking it. And Feeding him the question? The real problem, what are you talking about? He doubled down. He The problem yeah. for Patrick yeah, he is that back he doubled off. down on it, right? Yep. Just admit you made a mistake and he had to get a laugh with it so that Marino doesn't have to come back and embarrass you because Dan nailed him. You could throw 16. <laughs> <laughs> say whatever I want. I watch today's quarterbacks and I can't help but think how far ahead you were of every one of these guys. People and you were throwing deep balls too. It yeah, wasn't. There was no bubble, bubble screens. We didn't have that. You know, we were going down the field. Yes. And that's the one thing why they get more yardage now because it's the RPOs. You know, the run pass options and and uh, a lot you of wouldn't have the run. You wouldn't have the run so, part mean, of the run. If pass it was option. part of our offense, yeah, we would do that. Yeah, that was a great close. <laughs> Marino's like RPO. Dan, you 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 couldn't move. Marino's like, no, we would have done it. No, you would not have done RPO in any era. That was not the type of quarterback. You are. You see how weird that gets. I mean, Patrick. Did Patrick? Was he? I. I think he got all discombobulated. Was he suggesting that Dan Marino is way ahead of Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes? Is that what he was saying? I mean, what is he suggesting that Air Coriel never happened? Like that no one threw the ball down the field before Dan Marino threw the ball down the field? Like he didn't create the deep ball in the NFL. He did it really, really well. But let's not pretend like he was the pioneer of all of it. There was also a there was a a tone in there or a a storyline in there that well the numbers look great now because they have so many easy passes, which does help. It does help the numbers get a bit bloated. But do you guys watch? The best quarterbacks in the NFL throw down the field now. You realize how incredibly accurate they are and how few passes they miss? That's not the – Candy, when you watch football today, are you like, wow, they're completing 68% because it's so much easier today with all the short passes. And that's why guys were, you know, firing at 51 and 52%. And, you know, Marino wasn't that low. But Phil Simms was dreadful in terms of completion percentage. Look, when they judge quarterbacks today, when you watch college quarterbacks coming into the NFL, what do they judge them on? The deep out, right? They judge them on whether they can throw that ball basically 25 to 30 yards on a line for a 15-yard gain over the top of someone in front of somebody else. Yeah, that's the kind of throw that separates the greats in any era. 
it's not just a matter of do you throw a bubble screen and have somebody go 25 yards with it and that makes you look like a better quarterback. The stats have come farther than that, too. No one was measuring the yards per attempt and the intended air yards for Dan Marino the way they do now. Can I add something, guys? I listened to a podcast today with Kurt Warner as the guest on the Dominique Foxworth show. And he basically said, you know, football, like he's watching those quarterbacks. It's not as challenging as it was back in his day when he basically Kurt Warner was basically he's, he's the old guy saying it's mm. not as challenging with all these bubble screens. So, I mean, maybe there's something to it that these old guys, they don't respect it as much. He said he'd he, want to challenge about, Kurt Warner said he would want to challenge himself if he was playing today. They don't they don't challenge themselves enough because they just do throw these bubble screens. I'll get the clip tomorrow. His words, not mine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, Kurt. You had you had Marshall Falk and, and the greatest right, show on right. turf, but you're gonna talk about the challenges that you faced. What, are, are you talk are you talking about being able to sling the Thanksgiving turkey between two cashiers when you were bagging? Like you can't be talking about what you did with the St. Louis Rams. There's no chance. Why does this happen with so many guys who are 10, 15, 20, 30 years out of the league? Why do they watch and they're like, back in my day, man, these guys have it easy. I could have done this. I don't, I don't get it. Just age gracefully. Cut it out. Weird. Very weird. All right, giveaway time. 364 364-1100. 364-1100. We'll continue the uh, Big Four in just a couple minutes. Duran Duran. Back in my day, they were the kings! Uh, Duran Duran is in town. Future Pass Tour. T-Mobile Arena. AXS.com. Coming up this Saturday. Coming up this Saturday. The great Duran Duran just went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last year or the year before. I forget. Uh, 364-1100. Love them. Have seen them. Caller 7. You get tickets right now. All right. Time to do another uh, Raiders opponent preview. Going to meet up with the uh, Patriots this season. Andy Gresh covers the New England scene. Calls college football games. uh, Jack of all trades. Master of many. Right, Andy Gresh? How are you, buddy? Hi, Steve. How are you, friend? How's the uh, weather out there? My wife would yell at me if I didn't ask. We both love Las Vegas when we come out for UFC and stuff like that. But on the East Coast, we hear that it's like impending doom. But what's the truth? Yeah, we met, they, uh, the uh, hurricane missed us. The tropical storm missed us. We got, we got some rain, a little bit of flooding, but we're good. We'll survive. We'll rebuild. There you go. Yeah. Not bad. All right, then. Well, uh, how's everything out there in Raider <laughs> country? For well, as much as people... Back here are uh, hooting on Mac Jones. I wonder what the satisfaction level is with uh, a guy that we know back out here in Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, He's already been forgotten. Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback of the future and should start. I'm I'm kidding, but there's been a strong reaction to uh, AOC, as we're calling him, going out there and uh, doing well against the twos and threes. Let's let's start off talking about Mac Jones and the offseason and can you actually smooth over something like that? Uh, you know what went on last year, where he got really dismayed by the coaching, especially at the O coordinator. Uh, Steve, you know you've been around college sports a lot, and sometimes there's a, a situation where you have to fire someone for kind of the good of the program and the good for everyone else. And when Matt Patricia walked out the door after last season, that was really the magic elixir. That and bringing in Bill O'Brien. And it's just really a fresh start for everybody. Mac Jones and Matt Patricia didn't get along because Mac Jones knew that Matt Patricia was a village idiot. (laughs) This was a guy who shouldn't have been in the role that he was in. He's the dude who was clapping at media people about sit down and present yourself a certain way when you're at a press conference. Like, 
the guy's just an annoying dude for as smart as he is. And, hey, there were times where Mac Jones snapped. Steve, I look at it this way. If the worst thing Mac Jones did was wave off an idiot, I can live with that. It makes me realize that while he sounds like a robot, he isn't a robot. He really is a competitor. Bill O'Brien has kind of changed everything. He's trusted here. And the biggest thing that I think Bill Belichick has done is gotten out of the way, Steve. He was very much in the way last year, especially with putting Matt Patricia in that role. This year he's kind of turned it over to Bill O'Brien and gone back to sort of coaching everything that he likes to watch. He's back in the role that he's used to. And that's kind of the, the amazing part of all of this to me, Andy, is that, yeah, we, we, we know that Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels ain't the greatest head coaches, but we've seen them be able to coach offense, and now we've got this one weird year where we have to try to explain why the hell Matt Patricia was an offensive coordinator in the first place, or maybe it was Joe Judge, who really even knows. What was the deal with that entire situation? Because it seemed weird from the start, and then it never worked at all. Honestly, it was the arrogance of Bill Belichick in thinking that he didn't need to go steal Bill uh, Bill O'Brien from Alabama. I think there was a little bit of old boyism where it's, hey, don't take my guy, just wait a year. Everybody knew Bill O'Brien wanted to get back to New England. There's a lot of family reasons that Bill O'Brien really wants to be in this region, and it would have been a perfect fit. And the Patriots could have doubled his money if they wanted to to really get him from Alabama. So I think Belichick didn't get didn't want to get in the way of Nick Saban. And then it became, well, you know what? We can just put anybody in there. Here's Matt Patricia, who old lady Ford is paying him a bunch of money to be there and be the offensive line coach and an offensive consultant who just happened to be calling all the plays. It was it was insane. But Bill Belichick's arrogance made him think they could pull it off. And in all honesty, Steve, you know what happened out there in Las Vegas last year where Andre Stevenson fumbles at the goal line against Cincinnati at home with all the momentum. They were like this close to like pulling it off and actually maybe being 9-7 and seven or whatever and making the playoffs with that guy calling plays. It's one of the most insane things I've ever been around because that guy isn't qualified to run the Gravitron at the county fair. All right, Andy Gresh, WEEI. We're talking about the Patriots getting ready for the season. Pats and Raiders will meet up during the regular season. Uh, so the win total number, it sounds like you're you know sort of bullish on the Patriots bouncing back and having a, a little better season from a win total standpoint. It's 7.5 out here. It's, uh, I think, minus 115 both ways. Um, one, you want to go over, and two, is the number crazy? Like, I wonder what the number is uh, now that sports gambling is a little more widespread around New England. Is it crazy there? Uh, it is. Uh, Massachusetts handle has been absolutely massive. Okay. Uh, the tax money that has come in is even more than they could have imagined. You know, the state of Rhode Island beat Massachusetts to the punch, and yet they've kind of, you know, they've kind of fallen behind just because of the enormity of the amount of people. You don't realize how big a state that, that Massachusetts really is. That said, there are a lot of people that are bullish on the Patriots to go over on the seven and a half. I have them as a 10-win team this year. I'm not as big on Miami as other people are. The Jets still have to prove it. Anybody who's watched Hard Knocks has realized, what is, who in the world is Robert Sala? To me, that's a guy who's just ready to screw it up for the next big-name coach. They'll throw massive money at to try to fix it for one year with Aaron Rodgers. But that said, 
Patriots still have a lot of work to do offensively to get to where they need to be. I'll tell you the one thing, Steve, that I'm really bullish on is Mac Jones over 19 and a half touchdowns. I don't know if he'll get to 30, but Bill O'Brien is going to bring him back. I actually saw Mac Jones today. We were doing our show inside Gillette Stadium, and Mac kind of poked his head in the studio, and uh, there, there's kind of a running joke about being on Mac Island out here. And I jokingly oh, wow. said to him, we're on Mac Island, and he goes, y'all better stay there. The swag and the confidence is back after all of the mess that was Matt Patricia last season. Do you like Zeke Elliott being added, and what does it do for the aforementioned Ramondre Stevenson? By the way, is a Vegas guy. He's a hometown hero. I, I think Ramondre is going to have a massive year. Look, he could still have 1,800 total yards. He had 1,000 wow. yards last year. No reason to think he couldn't get to 1,200 this season. And if he catches 500 yards worth of balls, that's a hell of a season. So I'm sneaky bullish on Ramondre in fantasy. And look, my biggest worry is Zeke's attitude. If his attitude is of the, this is where I'm at in my career, I'm here to help, and he kind of goes along to get along, he'll get his touches, get his carries, and it'll happen for him. If he thinks he's the guy who's going to stand on the sideline and look at Bill Belichick and say, feed me, that stuff don't play with that guy. Everybody has proven it over the years. He'll tolerate a little bit, but don't push it. So if Zeke is in the right mindset, I think those guys could be really good. The former offensive line coach, Dante Skarnecchia, was on our show and said he thinks that's a big-time one-two punch because you can put them on the field at any time, and they can operate first, second, or third down. And even just that alone, there aren't a lot of teams that do that. When they go to the third down back, you kind of know the third down back is in the game. And if you follow any football nerd on Twitter, your favorite player among the football nerds has to be top five for Kendrick Bourne coming into this year. Is the optimism as high around there as it is among the uh, Twitter nerd community? Yes, absolutely. That's a guy who is mainly swagger. And last year he had none of it. And basically they sat him down. I think he only had like a 42% usage rate all season which, come on, you got to get that guy on the field. He may not be great, but 42% is just ridiculous. And, you know, it's almost like the coaching staff and Bill Belichick, at times it was more important to prove the point of don't question us as a staff, regardless of what's going on, uh, than it was let's get the guys on the field who are definitely going to help to win. So, yeah, I'm very bullish on Kendrick Bourne. He's been a different guy in training camp. Last year, it took about a week and a half, and he was hanging his head. He wasn't happy. Now, that guy's back to being normal, and I'm sure you saw the chain that he gave Matt Judon. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that thing, I don't know how much it costs. I have no idea about jewelry. I bought a ring for two wives, and that's it. But it, it, I think Judon joked it was like a half a million dollars or something crazy like that. I have no idea, but it was Matt. Andy Gresh is with Cofield. Adam Candy is here. Damon as well. It's ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. We're doing a Patriots preview as the Raiders are set to play the Patriots this season. We will close on this, though, because I did see – I think you were at UFC, and uh, the Sean O'Malley fight was awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, so tell us about that whole deal. And uh, I also wanted to ask you, because uh, I saw you – I don't know what it was. It was just like, you know, effing UFC is awesome. They should be in Boston more often. Well, they should be, Steve, but you know, I started to think about it. Listen, I'm a wrestling fan, too, and if you think about how WWE, for example, tours, there are very few global brands. Like, you know, the Globetrotters might go to London, 
But if they have a European tour, it's not like what those two brands have the ability to do. Now, five years might be a little ridiculous. Throw us a fight night, for God's sake. Yeah. People will show up. But I, it was weird coming out of COVID, and I'm hoping that Boston gets back in the rotation more, Steve. Look, my, I got a 21 and 18-year-old. My stepkids, they're into it. I have completely gotten hooked into it. And uh, the, the roar for Sean O'Malley and the amount of 18 to 25-year-old men yeah. that were at this fight that were going nuts when O'Malley won the way he did, it was the loudest pop I've ever heard in the garden. I was there with Nathan Horton. And that whole, you know, overtime experience during the, the Stanley Cup playoffs and all that stuff. Wow. I've been there for a couple of NBA finals, but good Lord. Uh, it was something the way people went nuts for O'Malley. We were staying in a hotel right across the street. I tapped out by 2 a.m. My kids ended up going downstairs, and I think O'Malley left about 3.30 in the morning, and there was a crowd of people waiting oh, wow. outside a TV garden to cheer that guy leaving the arena. Andy, you're the best. I appreciate you doing the spot on short notice. Thank you so much. Steve, anytime, friend. Talk to you soon. There is Andy Gresh, WEEI, former uh, national guy doing CBS, uh, doing college football for years. Big fella. Fellow big fella. But actually not 5'9 like I am. I think he's like 6'5 and three bills. So Raiders and Patriots, week six. Week six, the 15th of October, a 1 o'clock kickoff. And Andy Gresh said, go over seven and a half. Thinks they can win 10. All right, roll it on. Halfway point of the show. We got uh, RJ Clifford, Autumn Windbag. Boy, that guy doesn't shut up. He's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. JBT is in like 10 minutes. Adam Candy, I apologize. I got real chummy at the beginning of the interview with Andy Gresh. I didn't uh, point out that uh, you were here as well. Your voice is deeper than mine. You should have picked up on that. So I hope you didn't feel disrespected. But as I was telling Damon, I am longtime friends with Andy Gresh. Uh, we know each other really well. I'm a little hurt, but, um, you know, I, I bounce back quickly. So I, I, I think I'll be able to manage it. Uh, truth be told, as I've said with several uh, fellow sports radio people we've had on, in the past, I've never met Andy in my life, but there is something, I think there is something about sports radio people when you uh, talk about radio a little bit, and sorry if this is going behind the curtain and it's boring for the audience, but there's a uh, mutual respect, so, or maybe he's just faking, he's like, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but he seems chummy with me, so I'll be chummy back. I was like, okay, I'll take it. Do we go to the text line? Yes, and let's do this. 69187. Code word ESPN 69187. Finley Kia text line. Keyword ESPN. You're going to love this, Adam. This is from somebody with a 586 area code. Katy Perry has nine number one songs. Smash him. Yeah. Lizzo has two. Yeah. Hits. She Hits, hasn't baby. been around as long. My God. Are we really going to do it this way? That's why we're doing it, baby. Nine number ones compared to two. Yep. You do the math. You're a smart guy. And I will. Yeah, you named zero other than when I asked you. So I will Californication, not. I kissed a girl. I'm, okay, no, keep going. Last Friday. <laughs> What's her Vegas song? Waking up in Vegas or something? Is that the name of the song? You have no idea. No. Don't you have her hits right in front of you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. All right, now I got to punch it up. All I needed was this guy's text. I've got, I've got the people behind me. People power. You've Nine got a guy. I got a guy on a text. <laughs> Your Manti Teo of the <laughs> halftime show. One guy. Nobody's backing you up on this candy. That's all I'm saying.
Nobody's ever backing me up. I'm fine with that. I I I am stout. I might not be what would you call yourself before? Stocky? Yes. I'm not stocky. There's nothing stocky about me. I can stand up for myself. I can't hold on. Now I'm gonna pull up. Oh no, no, no! Oh, text your five eight six. Text your five eight six person and see if they can give you more Katy Perry songs since you don't know enough of them. Teenage Dream, Dark Horse. Yeah, okay. He's reading off his Roar. phone. Everybody, Firework. Okay, sure, but these are still hits. <laughs> Last Friday night. I mean, come on, that Teenage Dream album hits. That's all I'm saying, man. Yeah. Well, I told you it's gonna be Britney Spears and a great comeback, or it's gonna be Harry Styles. You're gonna hear me roar. That's that's gonna be my prediction. So. And uh, I will not objectify uh, Katy Perry or Lizzo, but Lizzo more my type. I'll just say that. Let's go. 69187, give me another text. No, those were the only two we had. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, just one person who wanted to stand by me and take down Adam Candy. We'll bring in JVT on this whole deal because I know he's interested in in the halftime show. Um, Patriots 10 wins. Andy Gresh. So you want you want me playing an, an alt over nine and a half, huh? It's a pretty tough division there, man. Like, is I, it? I don't know that I'm. I don't know that I'm ready to. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I yeah, I think it is. I heard the ESPN national guy uh, Goldhammer out of Cleveland saying that the NFC North is the best division, and all four teams could win ten games or more. The I'm sorry, the NFC North, not the AFC North. AFC North. AFC North. Okay, the AFC North. Yeah, yeah well, I, I think it's fair. The, the AFC North is the best division in football, but the AFC East is not particularly far behind. I think this Patriots team that, frankly, is probably a reasonable facsimile of first-year, first-half Mac Jones away from winning nine games is the worst team in the division. It's not close when you look at Buffalo, the Miami Dolphins, and your New York Jetropolitans. All right, I'm going to let you finish. We got another text from someone with a different number from the 831. Katy Perry had five number ones on the same album. Lizzo doesn't hold a candle to her. All right. You're getting crushed on this. We got a lot of Katy Perry lovers out there. I'm sure they they also mean they want Lizzo to open. Yeah. They want both of them. Oh, yeah. Why can't we have both? They're nobody you just They they just happen to love Katy Perry. Boy, a lot of Katy Perry stands here. They suddenly showed up on the text line. It's amazing how that happened. And they're both arguing the same thing about number one hits. Crazy how this is happening from different numbers that are definitely not burners from DeMond's phone. So this lizzo Katy Perry discussion started with a Phil Mushnick column in the New York Post where uh, Mushnick called Lizzo obese and said she's filthy and she should have been dropped from the list of consideration for halftime performers for the Super Bowl. Then somehow Katy Perry against Lizzo became a deal. Then a texter came in and uh, was backing what DeMond had said about Katy Perry. Then Candy threw in that it's a burner account. Uh, Then that person said, I'm not a burner account. I missed the first half of the convo, but KP had a crazy run from 2009 to 2015. Lizzo is going to need a higher peak to come close. John Von Tobel is in. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. A little sleepy, but I'm good. Okay. Why are you sleepy? Working a lot? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wake up at like 4 in the morning, right. so. Kids? It's about the time where I'm chilling out. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Well, we're glad. You're very relaxed. You're very relaxed. Um, Katy Perry already played a Super Bowl, so I'm not really sure why we're squaring these two off, but. Uh, 
Oh. I assume you're going to. Well, I mean, whatever. Are we just gonna we're gonna base this on traditional attractive looks, and you're gonna side with Katy Perry over uh, Lizzo? Oh well, so actually, you he's reminded gonna, me. I forgot that Katy Perry um, and the left shark thing. Yes, like that was like yep, the whole yep, thing. Because yep, yep. um, taking that out of the equation, well, then yes, it, like it's 100 Lizzo. I was on the side of Katy Perry, having forgotten that she actually had been in a Super Bowl halftime show, because I do think her catalog goes deeper. Um, but having said that, and with presented with new information, as a smart person does, I'm willing to change my stance. Good. Now that I remember that Katy Perry's in a halftime show, Lizzo. Yep. Well, but she's out. She's out. Uh, not necessarily because of her uh, traditional filthy hip hop lyrics, as the New York Post writer said, but because she's got some some claims against her for uh, workplace mistreatment. So we move on from that. Let's talk about another workplace mistreatment story, at least according to one person in the uh, two-person argument. What is the latest now with James Harden? Why was the league looking into Harden calling Maury a liar? I, well, if you look at it, it's when you uh, the information that is out there, it looks like Daryl Morey told him that he would trade him quickly, I guess, is one of the comments uh, that was out there or put out there. And thus he was lied to uh, why the NBA would have to look into it. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that if there were backroom dealings before in the NBA where False promises were given. Like we uh, have to, you'd have an investigation wing that's going twenty four hours, right? Like this is probably hardly the only time a front office has given a player its word and then gone back on it. So I don't know. Like I guess maybe because it's so outward in terms of what uh, Harden's been doing, right? With the comments, the most recent ones when he's on the softball field out there in Houston, that maybe the league feels like it should get involved. And Adam Silver is very pro player in the way that he's handled certain things. So maybe that has to do with it. But as far as I could tell, a lot of it had to do with Daryl Morey allegedly telling Harden he would trade him quickly and he's still there. I don't think that warrants a league investigation. No. Candy, your thoughts on this? Uh, Harden going very vocal publicly saying, screw the Sixers, I want out. Well, I think it cements something that we probably already thought about James Harden, which is that, you know, we talk a lot about quiet quitting in today's uh, today's workforce James Harden is the best loud quitter in the history of sports like this dude is unbelievable like I thought the whole Vegas strip club thing was about as good as it got but that this tops it this is amazing John like like James Harden when he does not want to be there is going to make sure that you know it yeah and I think what's making this pretty fascinating is the fact that he's in an expiring deal you know, when you look at the other instances where he had some time left on it and he like you can't go out there in an expiring deal, play, you know, half ass and then expect to when you hit the free agent market to get the money that you're expecting and long term deals that you're expecting. So I don't think he's in a position with any leverage whatsoever. You know, no team wants to ship off assets for you, at least the assets that Maury and the 76ers are looking for. And you as a player can't sit there and tank this season and try to get out of here because then you're going to be a free agent and all of the other teams are going to look around and go, bro, you can do that with us. So screw this. Like, we're not going to do, we're not going to give you anything that you want. So I don't think he's in position to really be doing what he's doing. I think by the time we get to the regular season, he'll probably cantankerously come along and play like he should because he just can't afford to tank this season because he's not going to get what he wants on the open market. Offshore sites currently have the Clippers as the favorite to get Harden if he does have a next team at minus 250. Uh, other teams in order, Bulls, Rockets, Knicks, Heat, Hawks, Mavericks are down in the 10 to 14 to 1 range. Thoughts on that? 
I mean, it seems like you just suggested he will start the season with someone. Yeah, sorry, well, with the Sixers, I would with the very much specify, too, the language of those props, Steve, right? I would assume it's first regular season minute played because that's a pretty big one, right? Because if he's, he starts the year with the 76ers and then gets traded to whatever team, people might expect that they're going to go out there and get their money if he gets traded to a team. Ultimately, that's not the case. So I know there's some spots here in the country that do have that prop listed in that way, but I think that's going to be the case. Like, there's there's no reason to trade him. Daryl Morey has a long track record. Ben Simmons, of course, being the most recent one that he's willing to sit around and do nothing. And so unless James Harden's willing to sacrifice a year, which, by the way, wouldn't count towards service time. So this time next offseason, he'd be right back at the same situation. Then, of course, uh, maybe that happens. But I think his next regular season minute played is going to be with the Philadelphia 76ers. I've been pretty consistent on this all summer. Same goes for Damian Lillard. I think the first regular season minute played is going to be with the Portland Trailblazers. These guys just don't have the leverage to get what they want. Wow. Okay. Uh, will James Harden play a game for the Sixers during the 23-24 season? Yes. There you go. Is plus 600. No, is minus 1,500. You might want to get yeah. a couple of shekels down. Maybe uh, the limit's about 10 bucks. Uh, John Von Tobel's with us. VSIN, part of the company here at ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Uh, one more thing on NBA and basketball. Let's go international. I know you're watching these games. Uh, the Germans. Germans pushed the USA to the brink. Uh, USA was down 16. They come through with, what, a 96-91 victory. And uh, coming out of the game, there are stories like, who's the guy on this uh, group of young players? Who do you think it is? Because I think Kerr indicated, well, I'll let you answer who you think it is first. Well, I, so I think there's two different kinds of guys, right? I think it's very clear because you're talking about Steve Kerr. You know, one of the things that he intimated when I was out there, when I got to go out there to practice when they were out here in Vegas, and something he's echoed throughout his time as head coach now the last uh, few weeks has been Jalen Brunson is being their leader. Like, he is like their guy that they're rallying around, the dude whose voice is going to be loudest, the guy who is going to, you know, lead them into the battlefield. Having said that, uh, the number one guy in terms of, okay, we need to win this game, let's close this thing out, I think it's pretty clearly the guy who did it for them against Germany, Anthony Edwards. Edwards is awesome. He's very good on both ends of the floor. He's a high-end scorer. He's getting better and better on the offensive end. And we saw the way that, look, Tyrese Halliburton got them back in that game when he came off the bench. But Anthony Edwards came out there and put that dagger into Germany. I think that it's going to be Anthony Edwards on the court. The guy leadership-wise will be Jalen Brunson. But if you're asking who's the closer, who's going to take the shot, it's going to be Anthony Edwards. JVT is with Candy Cofield and Damon here on this Monday. Have you started tracking week one action? I was looking at a list of uh, the most heavy-sided betting, and uh, right now 85% on the Bills against the Jets. What do you think of that Ooh. one in week one? Um, I'm, I mean, I guess I'm kind of surprised to, to a certain extent. I, I suppose when people see a short number and a public team, and that would be Buffalo because Buffalo has been very good these last few years, that that's going to attract the most attention. Uh, I will say the model loves the Buffalo Bills in week one, so um, wait, maybe who's, they're wait, who's uh, on model? the right path. What famous model? Uh, oh, my uh, John Von model is what we've named it. Uh, it's my model that I've constructed on Excel that I'm looking at right now. In fact, I'll pull it up for you, give you an exact um, exact number here. Model projects uh, an eight and a half point win for the wow. Buffalo Bills. Clearly um, viewing the New York Jets as wow. the team from last season. Not the, that, yeah, they, they're clearly looking at this. I'm trying to factor in more current stuff. Uh, like I did no, actually. No, 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 don't, don't waver. That's what the model says. Candy, tell him if you come up with a model, a a hardcore stat model, you have to stick with it. Don't, don't shy well, away. I'll let Candy go. Hold on. No, 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 no. This is not my model. This is not Adam Von model. This is John Von model. Go ahead. 
Well, I would also, I would rebut, Steve, and that any good modeler um, okay. would also realize when there is a statistical inefficiency with said model and know that they have to do some tweaking. So okay. I think very clearly uh, the Buffalo Bills, like the Jets are clearly viewed by John Von Model as uh, the Jets from last season. I did uh, just last night, early this morning, factor in some Aaron Rodgers statistics that I thought would actually close the gap. Uh, it didn't. It got wider. So um, I, we will see what's going to happen. The last time I, when I factored in some defensive stuff, it got down to about a five and a half point projection. But oddly enough, when I went quarterback specific, and that obviously includes uh, some Josh Allen things, um, the number skyrocketed in favor of the Buffalo Bills. So still some things to work out. But back to your overall point, I am somewhat surprised. I thought this would be a little bit more 50-50 in terms of the action. Maybe it gets that way by the time we get to uh, that Monday night game. But I, I guess I'm not entirely surprised that the Bills are the leader right now, only because I would deem them as the more public team despite the hard knocks uh, platform that the Jets have. Uh, not amongst the most heavily bet games is the Commanders and Cardinals. Uh, commanders are six against the Cardinals. I assume if you check the model, you've got, what, the cards by 17? Uh, John Von Model has this as a 5.8 point win for the Washington Commanders. Right. So okay. kind of right in line with the number. Uh, I guess if it's, it's a small edge, but if uh, I were to tell you to do anything, it would be to play the Arizona Cardinals. I'm not really big on the Commanders this season. Neither is John Von Model. So I think when you're when you're willingly rolling into a season with Sam Howell as your quarterback, I've got some real questions. And I get it, Eric Bieniemy, uh, maybe being mean to the players is going to spur them forward and, and make them put forth a good effort. And I think he can be a good play caller. I just think in today's day and age, the year of 2023 and our great Lord, um, you can't go into a football season with a fifth round pick as your starting guy. And I think this is going to be an op a pretty bad thing for him. And I'd also note their offensive line, I don't think is going to be very good, which is going to hold them back. So I would very much lean toward the Cardinals. John, what are we doing with the Browns and the Bengals with the lingering situation of Burroughs injury? I don't know. Cause it's the thing is, Adam is like, the market moved, and rightfully so, because we have questions about what Burrow is going to be when he comes back. And if you look historically, the last two years, um, Joe Burrow, and it's weird, right, that he spoke it into existence right before he got injured, that the slow starts that the Bengals have undergone. You know, the last two years, he has been off to a slow start. I think he's thrown seven touchdowns to seven interceptions in the first two games each of the last two years combined. So, and we've seen that in the record as well. And I think that maybe this is in the cards yet again. And I'm also really high on Cleveland, or at least as high as one can be. Deshaun Watson has not looked really great. Reports are that it's been somewhat inconsistent. But I think if you're getting close to in between, you know, 2020 Deshaun Watson and yeah, it just generally, right, the average baseline of performance that he was at in Houston, this is a team that can be very good and a lot more competitive in that division. But you can't just roll on speculation because you don't know what's going to happen with Burrow. If you were to tell me right now, 100% like strength, Joe Burrow, uh, John Von Model, and myself, uh, make this about a three-and-a-half-point spread in favor of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I, I think that if you can guarantee yourself, which you can't, that Burrow is going to be fully healthy, it would be Burrow the whole way. Uh, but at this point right now, if you don't know anything, you can't play anything, I don't think. John, you're awesome. We appreciate it. Sorry it's your rest time, but uh, you stepped up big time. High energy, high energy stuff, and – um, tell people where they can – can they actually look at the model or is this behind some paywall? Are you making this readily available? What's going on with the model? Yeah, so actually uh, starting this football season, it's going to go out next week. I'm going to keep a journal on vcin.com. We're going to track it every single week to see how it does. Um, it's on Excel, so I don't know how to make it publicly available outside of just tweeting out the projections, which I will do every single week as well. So look out for that, though. The, uh, the journal throughout the year and I've entered a contest, which we will track it in a contest entry as well uh, throughout the season, too. So no, don't worry. This will be plenty available for everybody out there who's curious to follow along in the journey like me. John, we'll see you. Thank you. See you guys. At me, JVT. 
this could be one of the most fun NFL seasons with this model because I have a feeling it's going to get blown up about five weeks in. 